2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Bachelor Podcast. Uh, My name is Ryan Jones, joined as always by Katie Waite. Hello, Katie. Hello. Week four of Michelle's season of The Bachelorette, and we kick things off with Michelle and Caitlin and what is becoming a very frequent one-on-one, sitting down and talking about what she needs.
3: It's funny to to think that this probably wouldn't happen if Chris Harrison were still around like there's just something about girl hosts and a girl lead just like being able to basically have girl talk about what they're going through and tasia and caitlin have gone through it so um i think it works out well level of connection like obviously chris has been around since the beginning but he never actually went through the process himself
2: and we're getting two one-on-one dates one group date And the first one-on-one is with Martin. Little random. Little random is the perfect way to put it. Thank you. I couldn't put my finger on it. (laughs) And in general, I think he continued to show that he is a little random. Mm -hmm. Because they go go on this date, which in itself is, you know, something we've seen a few times already recently. We're going to race some cars. And in this case, we're going to pay some bills at the same time because it's the BMW Performance Center. You know, they get into a bath with the car behind them. I mean, this was whatever. I understand you got bills to pay too. But so the date is sort of nondescript. You know, like hey, we're gonna ride in a car. Which I,
3: I think because they weren't together, like they were in separate cars. Which I mean, obviously both of them would want like you'd both want to drive. But like maybe you could just do it twice and like switch switch who was driving. Yeah. Um. I think that was the point where it kind of disconnected. Like. The being together part of the date, which is the purpose, totally. um, started off kind of disconnected, in a way, and it definitely didn't get better right away. <laughs> I don't well. think um, he pulled a he pulled a little bit of a Doctor Joe, I think.
2: And I think when you have a uh, "Hey, Michelle, good job" as the way you're communicating, it's probably not really the the most connective date to begin with.
3: Yeah. And I know they tried to, you know, redeem themselves with a random tub (laughs) next to a bunch of tires. But um, (laughs) I mean, I think just starting off like not fully together probably caused a little rift, if you will. (laughs) Exactly.
2: And she's just explaining to him how the Jamie situation made her feel. And out of nowhere, for no reason whatsoever, he decides, I no, Jamie's not that bad of a guy.
3: Yeah, just just listen to her.
2: Listen. You want to talk about like totally fitting the meme of like, yeah, no one, Martin, Jamie's a great guy. Yeah. No, no one was, just just shake your head and say, I understand what you're feeling and yeah. move on. And she didn't she didn't let it slide either. So she didn't at the outset, you know, she sits down at dinner and says, listen, we need to talk about this. I felt like you were questioning my judgment. He s- sort of apologizes, but does it by saying, well, I'm not that great at communicating. And sometimes I say things that say sound condescending. No, 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 no. There's no sounding, buddy. And then more or less blames his father for it. Mm in this case, rightfully does say, hey, I appreciate you opening up and being vulnerable. Absolutely. But she had just been talking about how, listen, I'm going to, when I see these red flags, I'm going to take action. Well, I think Martin showed the the Dr. Joe red flag, the Dr. Joe red flag, and ultimately gave him the rose.
3: He definitely manipulated the situation, for sure, because I, th- I think he saw that It wasn't going the way he thought his comments were going to be taken and then he's like oh well you know I'm this way because of this and and I I I just want to build my relationship with you and and stuff like that and she kind of got sidetracked and focused on the oh I want to build my relationship with you I want to open up with you um and kind of forgot about the Jamie's not a bad person (laughs)
2: Yeah, and talking about how, oh, our relationship has progressed so much. And maybe because, you know, on a scale of 10, going from like one to three is, I guess, a progression.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But e- even without his Jamie comment, which I don't know what he was thinking, I just don't see anything there.
3: No, not like not even a little bit. But, I mean, they're still getting that kissing action i i don't i don't know i don't see i don't see any passion and i don't see any connection so not sure how much longer he's gonna last or if i don't know he makes it further i don't
2: yeah i have a feeling that this isn't the last time we've heard jamie's name and i'm sure that it will has to come out that he knew that jamie was the one Telling the story because he heard him tell the story. You know, it was only it was a smaller group of guys, but he was one of them that heard the story from him. Yeah, and so I'm assuming that somehow will come up again, and maybe that will what finally get him out. Um, but the nerd in me, and it's I mean, mostly nerd, but the nerd in me when they went into the planetarium, I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not the the cars are, are like I like cars too. But right. like what does it say about me when like the car is okay? They got to go to a planetarium. That's so awesome.
3: <laughs> oh, that's great.
2: It I mean, sure, 90 miles an hour, whatever they were doing, cool. But let's look at the stars.
3: Yeah. Um, she I feel like, you know, she she was saying how As soon as she said, I felt shut down in that he wasn't listening. Um, I feel like I felt like that right then she was going to send him home actually. Um, And then he kind of went in, you know, what we just talked about, about why he's not great at communicating. Um, But I didn't think, I really didn't think he was going to get a rose.
2: And so he's lives to fight another week. um, And after that madness we get to this group date which um i don't know it's a slumber party date and it's a huge date you know Mm -hmm. as she said the biggest that she's gonna have all year and they have 12 i think which is is a big number and i get that Mm -hmm. but i also understand they were doing teams so it's hard to do three on three and have it really be you know because then you're going to have three people on one-on-one time after whatever. Yeah. So they have its games and popcorns and candy. And it was always about, hey, embrace the date and, you know, go with the flow and have fun. And I understand off of her reading the poem about not feeling seen. And clearly that's nothing that I can relate to, but I can see how she feels about it and I get it. Mm-hmm but this is a fun date and you're asking guys to embrace this date. And I felt like they were embracing the date. I don't know when you're watching that. Do you see what she's talking about?
3: Oh yeah. I saw what she was talking about. They didn't pay any attention to her, And I don't think like, like she said, like, I don't think that they meant it like in a bad way. I think they, I think they said, this is a, slumber party date like go have fun and guys being guys i think they're like all right let's go let's go have fun and then i don't think they remembered that it was actually a date um so like I, i i i definitely see understand where she was coming from but i also don't think it was their fault and she said that too she's like i know it's not intentional they just don't they're just not really understanding that You know, I'm here. It's still considered a date, even though this is fun for them.
1: Yeah,
2: that's fair. I think listening to her say that, you know, I need you or them, depending on who she's talking to, to create these little moments with me as opposed to being together with the other guys. I, again, understand it, but like you planned this date where you're going to have 12 dudes doing a right. bunch of cool stuff that, or crazy stuff, you know, depending where whether you think it's cool or not, <laughs> when they've been pent up in this little cage for however long, right? I just, I don't know. The, the only time I really sort of looked sideways at it was when Olu, who, God bless, um, decided they wanted to do the Abs of Steel challenge. And I'm like, mm. listen, much like I had said before, I would never wear a shirt if someone wants to walk around punching me in the abs all day just so I can show like, look, I have abs for her to, for him to say, Oh, you, not you, Michelle, everyone else can do it. Yeah. That is where.
3: Well, and, and, and they played, I don't remember off the top of my head what game they were playing and they were like, Oh, should we ask Michelle to join? And they were like, Oh no, like she'll come over. Like if she wants to play like, but it's a date. Like, but she wasn't like she wasn't whiny about it like no it wasn't no. like it could have come off like, oh my gosh, you're not paying attention to me like stuff like that because because it was it was something that was actually happening whether you're on the guy side or Michelle's side like there was no attention being
2: <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's definitely something we usually don't have to worry about where you need it's usually this, the opposite <laughs> absolutely where the star is being pulled in every every other direction
3: mm-hmm.
2: as opposed to hey Clayton why don't you come over here and get some cotton candy with me huh like yeah a little little different from what we're used to seeing yeah and i wonder if the guys and this is sort of the excuse she made up for them which and that's sort of where i'm coming from of that nobody wants to step on someone else's toes which clearly gets kicked out the window in about 30 minutes but like in general they're trying to play nice nice with each other and just do the date like this is what we're here to do this is what we're doing i don't want to be that guy Mm -hmm. because how many times have we seen that guy or that girl who steals the person on the date three times or is like making it all about their one-on-one time as opposed to hey we're here for the group date
3: Right, but like maybe after like ten minutes, if no, if she's still sitting in a corner, like by herself and looking upset, I think that would be an okay time to go over and. Oh, one
2: hundred percent. No, no, no. Listen, there is definitely a lack of awareness. Um, yeah, because she made it very clear with not just her body language but her literal language of saying, "I think probably loud enough of why mm-hmm. am I even here," that the guy should have changed. The way they went about things. Uh, just me watching it, I'm thinking, well, they're just partaking in the date. But once she yeah. starts walking off with her producer and like, hide, not hiding, but like going behind where they can't see her. So like he why can, am I here? Exactly. That's where you need to have a little bit of self-awareness, whether you, like you said, agree or disagree, doesn't matter. This is how she feels. You need to recognize that and yeah. clearly do something different because- it ain't working.
3: Yeah, I think, but it did help. She said that she realized that, you know, it goes deeper when she's doesn't feel seen and it goes back to, you know, her telling that story at the last poetry date and that it's not just someone paying attention to her. Like it's going deeper than that about just not being seen. So, um, but she said this did help her realize that that is, she needs to be seen. And that's something that is, you know, is necessary for her in a relationship. So I guess in the end it was, it helped her a little bit. Um, no, I think you're right.
2: I think you're a hundred percent right. But, because it, it not only helped her see what she needed, but needed to do in that moment, which is actually tell the guys, this is how I'm feeling As opposed to just well we'll let it go i felt bad but you know we're here to have fun so let's just forget about it and continue on with the typical date cocktail party
1: Mm
3: -hmm. yeah
2: because the guys obviously didn't know what they were doing and that's where the awareness comes in but they're ready hey we're gonna have this great time with her one-on-one this is great energy's high and it would be very easy for her to just sat down and pick up her drink and say, okay, let's have, let's make some memories. But she made it very clear from the jump. No, we're talking about this. And this is why not just, oh, you guys didn't spend time with me. You're like fresh off of me saying I didn't feel seen. Yeah. I didn't feel seen.
3: Yeah. And I'm glad she did that because at first I thought she was just going to like straight up cancel it. And I was like, oh. I was like, then they're just never, they're not going to fully understand, um, you know, why you're saying, like, why you're acting like this, like why you're or reacting like this. And I, so I'm glad because there was that one moment I thought she was going to say, you know, what? I'm not really up for this right now. Like, I'm going to see you guys tomorrow. But she talked through it, and I think we don't get a lot of that, like, leads sh- going straight to the issue and talking about why they're feeling certain ways instead of just canceling something and actually working through it.
2: Yeah, well, and even me as a viewer, I think it was important to, because I'm those guys, you know, I'm watching the, the date and being like, what's the big deal? I, you mm-hmm. know, they were having fun, and I, I thought it was important just to exactly explain to idiots like me be like no this is why uh we need to talk about it and um you know i wonder if this group date is the first group date you know like before she has that moment of being vulnerable about not being seen her whole life if mm-hmm. it's the same reaction because she was in that very vulnerable space right and i think it was just sort of the perfect storm of everything and you had someone like Olu who got it right mm-hmm. away i mean you could see as she's talking he's already getting emotional and
3: yeah
2: you know most of the people to a person that we heard from sounded like they understood like oh yeah we feel bad we need to do better whatever but he got it
3: yeah
1: like yeah he was like
3: i you know I have sisters. I understand like what she's going through. And I just made her basically feel a way that I would hate my sisters to feel. So, you know, I got to step up and not have people punch me in the abs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although if you have them get a I mean, I mean
3: well, at least. Yeah. But I mean, at least let Michelle do it.
2: <laughs> thank you. And there, and there's what he learned. But I mean, just hearing him, tell that story about his sisters and what he's gone through as a, as a protective brother and, um, having to encourage them, um, which shouldn't have to be a thing, but much like, you know, Michelle shouldn't feel unseen growing up or now ever. Um, it does happen. And so for him to the light to go off and say, Oh my God, this is exactly what I've been preaching to them for years. And I was just a part of that. Um, was just such a great moment. And, you know, I saw that, I mean, he already had his fans, but like Olu immediately became like top of the pyramid. Like we must protect this man at all costs. And I'm like, yep, you got the right guy. Finally.
3: Yeah. Like you get it.
2: And, you know, so many times we've seen that person uh, who we think, oh, this is their moment. And then they, they squander it. Uh, I have a feeling that he's he's not going to do that. Fingers crossed. Fingers, I know. We, we say it a lot. And we're like, no, yeah. this, this time is for real. But like that was one of the most genuine moments I think we've seen oh, yeah. in a while. Definitely. Because that was not, you know, there are so many times where even the most cynical of us will say like, oh, you know, that was scripted. Or that was, you know, he was thinking about that. Or she had this planned. To me, that 100% across the board seemed like one of the most genuine reactions and then conversations that we've gotten to see on yeah. on any of these shows, really. I agree. And so I'm glad that he got the rose. And as of now, these things change weekly. I mean, I hope he sticks around for a long mm-hmm. time because he, that was, you want to talk about perfectly handling a situation like that was it.
3: Yeah. Um, I think also you could see the connection Michelle felt with Nate. Um, cause she, she pulled him aside, um, and basically shared how particularly hurt she was with him because of how much she likes him and, and has that connection with him. And, um, I think he, in a way he got it to not, not as like powerful as Olu, I think. Um, but you know, Nate apologized and um, basically said he's he's gonna work work hard to make her always feel seen. And I, I think it, that was genuine too. Obviously, I don't think it really compares to um, Olu's reaction um, and apology. But I think I didn't see anything really fake with Nate. No,
2: and because it was a real apology you know right. how how many times not just here just in life mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before but i think it's important of people who say oh if i offended you or if what i did like no 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 that is you you got to realize you saying if i offended you that is not an apology even yeah. if you follow it with i'm sorry because you're not mm-hmm. to you that's just you saying i don't think that i need to apologize for this
3: yeah. but
2: if you think i do then here's me saying the words Mm-hmm. And I think for him to specifically say my actions were wrong. I did not do enough to show you how I feel and that I do because I see you, but I realize what I did makes you feel like you aren't seen, as opposed to I'm sorry you feel like I'm right not seeing you.
3: Huge like, difference.
2: Huge. And mm-hmm. so it's just Olu's. You know was just such a pure and raw and and obviously with his sisters but absolutely like the fact that nate and he he has some some issues which we'll get into in a minute that's how you apologize for if we're going to do a psa for people recognizing what you did saying what you did and saying you're going to do better that's it but it's something that's rarely seen and that's a great point because it was a proper apology. How dare he?
3: I know. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy and to think.
2: The next date, the one-on-one date, the guy who was sitting on a on a silver platter for a while. <laughs> they're taking their relationship to new heights. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we're gonna we're gonna do mountain climbing again. We already did mountain climbing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but
3: instead they take bungee the easy jumping, way. zip lining.
2: They take the easy way off. This was my kind yeah. of date. Like oh fine, Let, you want to go up there? Can we just have Seriously. something take us up there? That's incredible.
3: No, I don't want. This wasn't as random, I think, as a Martin one-on-one date. <laughs> you haven't seen much, and of Rick, and he's he's doing okay so far. Um, it was they they went to the top and they found this wish box type thing um, of all, all all wishes you know random people just put in the box and they hope come true, and they find. You know, I want to find, I wish to find my soulmate. I wish to find, you know, love my grandparents had, stuff like that. Um, I wish my dad could see the man I've become. And then you can kind of see that kind of affects Rick in a way. Um, And then Michelle writes, you know, we wish to find love by having hard conversations. And that's kind of leads you into (laughs) the rest of the date.
2: It was seeing him read that. Wish and you know, they're reading them all in the same way, like, Oh, this is so sweet, this is so sweet. And then he starts reading it, and as he's getting to the like the words, you know, like he, the first few, he's like, I wish my dad could see the man, like, like knife to the heart, just like, Yes, yeah. such you a you know that
3: that hit deep,
2: um, million percent. And credit him for telling her right on the spot, you know, you know, my. My father passed away a few years ago. And um, this obviously hits as as home as hard, you know, uh, hits his home as much as you can. Uh And then, like you said, leads to them writing the note of having hard conversations. And at dinner, he has to tell this, doesn't have to, but chooses to tell this story about how he found a text message on his father's phone from another woman that wasn't his mother
1: mm-hmm.
2: and decides to tell his mother. And then when they get divorced, his father blames the kid instead of himself, which, yeah, whatever. I mean, we've all seen that. Um, oh. And so his father then continues to blame his son for the marriage breaking up until he dies Still harboring this resentment for his son, as if his son made him cheat on his wife. I'm like, yeah, wow. To carry, yeah, it never got
3: never (sighs) got resolved or or anything. Like that's that's a tough
2: story. I mean, that's rough. Just to carry that with you, um, I I can't even fathom. And so for him to to talk about that um, in a very public way you could tell that Michelle was with him for that whole trip and mm-hmm. uh, really this connection, which, you know, he, he seemed to show signs these last couple of weeks when we did get the little glimpses, but you're sort of like, eh, is there anything really there? Is he always just going to be the platter guy? Um, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
2: but she really appreciated him. I think she always talks about, you know, be vulnerable and open up and go to places that you're not comfortable. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the first one in week four. And that's week four for us. Who knows how long it actually is right. uh, in Palm Springs to say that he's falling in love and that he can't wait to actually say that he's in love. Yeah. It's early.
3: That's a big deal. It is early. And for not for only having like a few few minutes prior to this like one-on-one time it's
2: big it's big and it you know we can question it all we want but it didn't seem like some of the hail mary type situations that over the years when someone feels like they're on the ropes and they're like oh i better throw something out there like this believe it or not it actually seemed pretty genuine
3: yeah mm-hmm.
2: and you know, shockingly, um, after that sort of one-on-one time, he gets the rose. Whoa. And that leads us to the second portion of the date, which was not a planetarium. It was a <laughs> performance by Andy Grammer. And, uh, Andy much, is better much better than a planet. Much better than his mother. And, hey, big planetarium fan here. Yeah. This guy, singer, songwriter, Hawaiian adventurer. And I say that because he's currently sitting uh, on Oahu. That's Andy Grammer. Hello, Andy. Thanks for joining the Bachelor podcast.
4: Good morning. Good to be here. How are you?
2: <laughs> good. Good morning for you, that is. Yeah. Um, and when I was talking to your tour manager about getting you up early for this, I felt really bad for about a half second because then I realized, well, he's in Hawaii. So,
4: yeah, yeah I mean,
2: yeah. No, we're, feel we're, up. That.
4: <laughs> we're up. We're ready to go. It's yes. Good day.
2: And so you got to perform for Rick and Michelle, lease on life, the song that really you obviously had no idea when you committed to doing this, but ended up working perfectly with Rick telling the story about um, you know losing his father, who was still had these uh, these deep seated feelings about him and that he caused his parents to force. I mean, it was just oh, man. this crazy conversation. And then she leads him into this room for a one-on-one conversation about having a new lease on life. You didn't even know you were gonna fit that perfectly. into
4: this. didn't episode. even know, you know, for me, it was really sweet because COVID has just been hard for anyone that performs live. There's not been very many shows to play. And this is one of the first things that we've gotten to do, you know, as a band. And it was just lovely. It was so fun. It was like, so fun to get the band together and and play and uh, you know it's a little bit interesting to play for just two people. It's like always kind of kind of fun, uh, but it was it was a blast, man. They were super sweet, and uh, I got to meet them afterwards. It was it was a really wonderful experience.
3: How was the awkwardness with it? Because we've talked to performers that have done the show before, and they're like, oh, it was so like painstakingly awkward to just be two people like kind of making out and dancing (laughs) in front of you. Did you have that same experience?
4: No, it was great. I mean, it was totally fine. I usually just play to two people that are making out. That's like (laughs) mostly my, what most of my performances entail. It's a little bit awkward. I think the whole thing about this show is that you, it's like this kind of intense premise that actually still has sweetness in it. So you're like, it's awkward, but you're looking at these two people who are Kind of figuring each other out, and music is is always good for that. I mean, like as old as time, as two yeah. people trying to figure each other out, and there's like music there to try and help that.
2: You know, last person we had on after fresh off their performance was Max, and Max during COVID, um, COVID lockdown specifically, became a Bachelor Bachelorette super fan. Oh in which wow! He okay. binged every season, I every episode. It. And yes. became like the, an expert. I mean, he was bringing stuff up that he, awesome. he's like, "Oh no, this this person is my favorite Bachelor and Bachelorette, and this was my favorite episode."
3: Yeah, so, he went fully in,
2: full in, and yes, I understand you're not that deep into the Bachelor Bachelorette Nation. I
4: respect all art. It, it's fun to be part. of You know, having done that show, Dancing with the Stars, I also have just a respect for people that are willing to throw themselves into the unknown, like a reality TV show. It is. Pretty intense. Just kind of like the strategy and like how you try to come off and then you watch the edit and you're like, oh, didn't come off the way I thought (laughs) it didn't work the way I was expecting it to. Um, It is is a wild endeavor and anyone that jumps in, I I, I respect. It's a pretty wild situation.
2: Performing for two people, would it have been more weird pre-COVID when you didn't spend a year plus performing to no one in your living room?
4: Yes, it was definitely like... At this point, me and many other artists, we'll we'll do anything, we'll do anything to just get our turn our instruments uh, on and play. It, so it was really fun. I think we we rehearsed a bunch, and then we heard that she like Coldplay as well, so we like tried to cover some Coldplay song on the spot. It was just a great. It was a really fun night. It was beautiful, and they make the set all beautiful, and it's just like a it's like a great night,
3: perfect date. Did you have um, like a quarantine process for it?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got to just sit in a room. I haven't had to do that outside of the bachelor thing yet because 48 hours where you can't leave your room, which wow. sounds kind of intense, but I have a, I have little girls that are one in four. So like 48 hours where you're not allowed to do anything, but be by yourself was not a terrible situation. It was kind of, I feel of a like I would be okay. With that yeah. I just laid and watched TV for 48 hours. It was wonderful.
2: And I'm sure you called your wife and said, Oh, this is so terrible. This I can't is believe. <laughs>
4: It's all, can't I can't
3: believe can I have to do this. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Obviously, you played "Lease on Life and you tried a Coldplay song. A, which song was it? And B, how did
4: it go? Oh, it was good. I used to, when I was street performing, one of the ones that was that worked for me was Yellow. There's certain songs that come off better, just acoustic guitar and vocal for, for certain reasons. And there's like a lot of open strings that kind of make it feel bigger. And you're moving the guitar around. So, yeah, we just like did a quick little Yellow for her. She was sweet.
2: And it was just the two songs? Did you do
4: more than that? Did you do just the two? Even though we were like, COVID vibes were like so ready, like, do you wanna hear more? Should we just keep going? Let's like, can we do a full concert? For the two of you? It is kind of funny what, what, like, I felt for both of them, more the guy, like, how you're supposed to dance. Dancing in a crowd is one thing, but dancing just when the camera's directed only at you, you're the only one in the room is is pretty intense it's a three and a half minute song like you can like do a two-step for about 30 seconds and then it's like uh yeah
3: she kind of wanted to dance a little bit faster but he still kept going slow and they just didn't know what to
4: do yeah so then at some point i think you do go like uh we should just make out (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) which makes it way less awkward you know first just playing two people is one thing but then having them make out in front of you totally normal
4: fantastic (laughs)
2: And when Max was on, he told us that the person she was with at the time, he got the friend zone vibe right away and called it 100% right. Now you oh, really? Were, oh, yeah. He's like, there's nothing going on there. He did not win. He's not the guy. And, again, no inside info just from playing 10 feet from them making out. He's like, nope, That's it's not that." So you being that close to Rick and seeing them one-on-one in that sort of environment What say you as a a performer watching them make out? Was there something there?
4: You know, it's funny, I was watching it going like, whoa, this is actually a really interesting way to try to get to know. It's like a really intense thing to go through with someone else. And so I saw them both like trying to get through it together and uh, actually seeming like they they had some commitment to get through it together. I don't know what that means, but I could see them trying. It is a. It, it can be a pretty awkward situation, and I could. I didn't get like we're not trying to do this together. I got like oh we're we're, we're a team trying to do it together. So I don't know that. That's all I got for you. I don't know whether that means marriage and family, but. <laughs> but well, like, I feel
3: like uh, up until now, we we hadn't seen a lot of Rick, um, and so coming into, you know, a date where he opened up a lot, and you know, complete with the time spent alone with you performing. I feel like he got his time to shine, and I feel like he's, he's climbing up that ladder a bit to the front-runner spots.
4: It's impressive. It's so funny. It made me think just, like, being around the energy of that. When was the last time you have broken up with? That's such a brutal feeling. It's been yeah. a while. I've been married for almost 10 years now. And I was thinking, like, yeah, I haven't had the situation where someone just goes, like, no, I don't like you enough. Yeah. wow. <laughs> like,
2: and that didn't on wow. TV. Yeah, that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. In these one-on-one dates, the way they work is you don't necessarily get a rose and go to your portion of the date. There was actually the chance that if her and Rick did not vibe and she did not already give him the rose, then that you guys wouldn't have been playing for two people. You would have been playing oh, just, just for no her. One. No one. They would, would have, have been just,
3: playing just for Michelle.
2: <laughs> they would have just canceled the date and or said, like, you're wow. waiting until tomorrow's one-on-one date because, yeah, Rick went home. Yeah. that's pretty intense. So there was no guarantee you were playing that night.
4: Do they put any pressure on her? like we have a, a whole thing set up. you sure you don't want to just like <laughs> take this guy and go Come on, you know? just
3: one more week just one yeah, more yeah, week. Yeah.
2: a lot of times we joke on this show about the performers they get because God bless, it's an incredible opportunity. but sometimes they walk out and are like, oh, nobody knows who that person is. But yeah. then you have an actual platinum, Star on the stage that you know the person is going to know, and yeah. it happens like half and half, and
4: so. But that's in, where the pressure general, comes in. In general, being the surprise is is always a little bit weird, it, just from the per- performer's perspective. Like, I don't care who big you, how big you are in the internet age, when everybody's like all splintered and doing whatever they want. It's always funny to be the surprise because you're like, do you know? Because we're setting this up for you to be like, "Oh my God!" And there's like a there's a shot that you're like, nah, I don't know, I don't know."
2: Exactly the situation that so many of these people walk into because they make them go off camera and say, "Oh my God, they have so and so performing first," yeah. and you know damn well that these people never have no it. idea who they are. <laughs> and then there are times with with you and with Max, whoever they've had, where it's been like a, a bigger name that there's yeah. no question. You see both the lead and the person they're with knows immediately who that person is.
4: But for sure, for the general public just know that every time it's a little bit funny as the artist, as the surprise. I remember like other radio promo things were like, surprise someone at work and you're like, I hope this person has any this is <laughs> going to be really terrible if I'm just now berating you with my music. Yeah.
2: Like I'm sorry, you is this a is this a gram type of situation? Yeah, wh- where, What's going on here? What is this? Yeah, are you singing me a, a Valentine's song? Do you mean teddy bear? I don't. Do I tip you? How does that work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Standing on stage, they say we've got what we got. We're closed.
4: Do you then just you take pictures? Do you? Yeah, you yeah say, hey, Hello? Go say hi. I was m- mostly surprised by like, oh, for as forced as this feels, there there is um, reality here. It's just two people who are like in kind of a really hyper intense situation trying to connect to each other you know not in a way of love but with Dancing with the Stars I felt that I'm like all right me and my partner it's us against the world a little bit we got to figure out how to do this and learn how to dance which I don't know how to do um and so there is a camaraderie that gets built I think in any way that you go through something intense with someone else so like yeah it the they say cut and then you get to meet them both and they were both super sweet and lovely and uh I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I'm not you, (laughs) but
3: I'm glad uh, I'm not on this journey.
4: (laughs) Yeah. That's an intense journey to to be going on in front of the world. Good luck in all your love. Hey, good luck with your dozen boyfriends. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I didn't do dating with apps. I was like, I don't know, lucky or unlucky enough. I don't know whether either you have done any of that. It definitely, yeah. I got married and started dating. I mean, have been with my wife for now probably 12 or 13 years, and then we've been married for almost 10. So it wasn't like I had, it. there was this, I was against it. It just, like, wasn't happening yet. But I do but think that that's pretty weird these days when you're getting to know people and there's there's 15 options on your phone of beautiful people that you could. I mean, that, that must make it harder. In
2: this case, you're basically, you have basically Tinder, But with thirty people, and you don't necessarily have the right to swipe left until you get to a rose ceremony, you know. So, like, you have to deal with these people, even the ones you're not really vibing with. Unless they're complete jerks, then they send them home like whenever. But uh, by and large, you have to spend at least uh, a week with these people who
4: you're like, yeah,
2: not so much. Yeah, and
4: I think you know it's it's hard because having been married for ten years, so much of it shifts in importance, right? Like in the beginning. It's all about like intense love. And then eventually you're like, are we a good partnership in creating something that we love? Like like creating a life for each other. And that would be pretty difficult, I think, to figure out in the midst of all that. <laughs> yeah. Especially everybody's so hot. That doesn't help. <laughs> that makes it like really like, well, mate, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I just know everyone here is hot. <laughs> so like, this is very confusing. That
3: probably goes into why we don't have the greatest success rate on this
4: show. Oh, yeah. What is the success rate?
3: Not great.
2: Not great. Let's just yeah. put it this way. So the last Bachelorette season wrapped up a few months ago, and they're already broken up. Got it. And by and large, that's how it goes. Now, there are success stories that both the show and and shows like ours are happy to sort of put on a pedestal and say listen this can work like this crazy mm-hmm. show that we talk about every week
4: is it um, any crazier than tinder i don't know is it any crazier than just like living your life and like having all like at all time i never did that thing when when i go with my friends and i look at like oh my wait what there's 20 people that are all like you're in a conversation with 20 people right now that is insanity
2: imagine now a camera following you around and that's i guess yeah, the yeah, difference yeah.
4: It's hard out there for lovers. It's so crazy. now
2: <laughs> you're married. You're happily married. You've got beautiful children, both both human and dog. Everything's great. Yes. Let's say none of that existed. Could you be The Bachelor? No. <laughs> so 30 women, national TV, a
4: mansion. It would be really, really hard, I think, for me to do that. I'm just like very uh, – listen, anyone could do it. I would be bad at it.
2: Anyone can do it, by the way, because we've seen it.
4: Literally yes. anyone. <laughs> anyone can do it, but I'm, I'm bad at it. I was never good at, um, I never did the thing of like walk into it. First of all, I don't drink alcohol. Never to think of like go into a bar and like try to go meet someone. I'm like not good at that. I'm terrible at that. I'm the yeah. most awkward and I don't do well in that way. Yeah, That could
2: be your, actually your gimmick. If you were on the bachelorette as one of the, the 30 guys is you could be like, I'm usually really reserved and I don't like the, the go to a bar and pick up a, a girl Date. I like this one-on-one.
4: Have you seen the people that are aggressive do better?
3: It honestly depends on the edit that you get. I think because we've seen, you know, aggressive people that they they're like, oh no, they're not that aggressive. They're fine, and we're gonna make them look really good. And then we see someone, and we're like, oh, this guy, like this guy's gonna go, you know, really far. He's great. And then, you know, fifth episode in, they're like, oh, by the way, he did this one thing like seven years ago and we're going to just focus on that and it's going to be yeah so i really think it depends on producer's picks and and the edit that they get cuz we've seen both
4: yeah i don't think i'm a very jealous person like i i don't lean towards that but yeah like if you put, if you're telling me that i'm this girl that i'm trying to date is now dating 10 other men then i i imagine
2: that would come up every um, year yeah you know you know what you're getting into for people get on this show whether you're you know bachelor bachelorette you understand you're dating the same woman as x amount of other people
3: you know what show you're going on
2: you know what show you're going on yet every season there's that exact person that you described that all of a sudden realizes oh my god how am i how do i deal with you dating another person this actually happened it happens every season but specifically on the last season of the bachelorette where one of the the front runner and one of the final guys couldn't wrap his head around her dating someone else
3: and it's really like it's usually when there's like four or five guys or girls left then they're like all of a sudden they're like oh wait you have other boyfriends or other girlfriends like what i I didn't sign up for this but you did like yeah (laughs) so it's it's funny it's always that like one point of realization i think that yeah contestants are like oh wow it's it's not just me in a you know relationship with this guy or girl like it's there's other people involved
2: but as a musician you would have that lane of oh this guitar is sitting here right next to me this is this is one of their favorite gimmicks on the show is there's always a musician and yeah he oh my guitar's right here. Can I play for you this song that I just wrote for you off the top of my head that I totally didn't write in my room last night or on the flight coming out here? Yeah, That's, That again, is a classic move.
4: That, uh, that move dies quick when you're talking about like actually being in a real relationship with someone. <laughs> like my wife does not care about that at all. <laughs> Could not care. Uh, there's not a lot of like wooing my wife with my guitar in my life right now. So yes, that's like maybe that's something that, that gets someone's attention, but um, that's not going to hold you over.
2: If your wife's in the other room and say, oh, honey, I wrote this this song for you. It's more of like, a, eh, let me know when it's done. Like, it's well, like, what's, what's do do? funny
4: is she's a she's a great writer, too. She's been writing incredible stuff for a lot of different people. And she's been on tour with a lot of
0: awesome musicians.
4: More of when I show her music, it's like, all right, rip this apart. point point out the holes, tell me what's wrong, how does it make you
0: feel? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
4: Um and it's kind of a funny thing because a lot of them are about her. So she has to like do both, like, oh, this feels so sweet, but also the way that like you dropped into the hook, I think could be better. <laughs> like like the pre is like not totally hitting in the way that it should. That that's a little bit more <laughs> of the conversations that we have. Wow. We actually have to make rules about it where we go like, okay, I want you to listen to this as my wife. And same thing for her. When she sends, when she gives me a song, she's like, I don't want your radio asshole ears. I just want like I want my husband to like my song right now. I'm like, I can do that. Totally throw it on. Let's do that. And it's very sometimes important when she to
3: make a, that decision before. Yeah, when she
4: has it. her armor up, she'll go like, all right, tell me what you think could make this better. Yeah. How long did it take before you got through
2: that to know that difference?
4: Well, yeah, it's it's hard doing the same thing as your partner it's just sometimes because you in the early days you don't even know that what you really just want is for your partner to say that it's great no matter what. And you have to we've had to get really good at being clear. The other thing that's funny about dating a songwriter is you'll be going through something kind of intense and difficult in the moment and you'll be like um, halfway through an argument something will be said that will be a great title and you'll like write it down while you're arguing. You're like you're like arguing and then you like go to your phone to put down some, some sort of interesting title and now you're arguing about who gets to write that idea. It's really fun. It's a wild experience.
1: That's is it awesome.
2: rock, paper, scissors, or how, how do you determine who gets what?
4: Basically, whoever um, is more pissed, the other one gets it.
2: <laughs> so let's say Rick and Michelle, they end up, they're at the end of this, they get engaged, they decide they're going to get married. Does Andy Grammer play their wedding?
4: Uh, yeah, maybe. If I'm free, let's do it. They're great. I, I, had, so, I really had a great time. This is the best time to get me to do anything. I, I want to just play music anywhere right now. <laughs> you're, like, you're like a kid's party? Someone, someone like it's funny you should say that because we
2: just we just uh, sent a note that we were expecting a 15-song show right now on this uh, this video. <laughs> if you I'm in.
4: Let's do just it.
2: pick up your guitar and you just play Freebird first, and then we'll go yes. from there. Uh, I'll book play. you for my
4: girls' party next <laughs> Oh, my God. We announced that we're going on tour next year, and I'm just like, oh, it's so exciting. It has been really, like, sincerely a really hard couple of years without getting to experience the magic that we all know happens. But when you're not around it, you for, you can kind of forget it. People are just starting to get back to, to go to shows, and they'll, they'll come back from a show and be like, oh, my God. I forget my heart can yeah. do that with, like, thousands of other people. And we all sing together, and it makes, like, it's just, like, a vital part of life that that we haven't been able to experience together and, you know, selfishly to be on stage and be kind of the leader of that is just something that I love so much. So I'm, I'm excited to get back to it.
2: We're excited to have you back. I, I went to my first club show uh, in New York. Whoa! It was, all, it was all vaxxed and it was, it was 1200 people, Irving Plaza. It who'd you was, see? Uh, uh, Andrew McMahon. And Great. he, he oh, played, a, he played, yeah. And he played a stripped down three pianos uh, cause he just put a new book out and it's sort of based around his book. And cool. it's 12, 1200 people in Irving Plaza, and I it felt normal.
4: No, you go right back. You jump. It's like a bike. You, you ride it again. It's easy. I was really
2: expecting it to feel weird, even being, you know, having a vax mandate where everyone had to have the shot. But
4: I did some things. We tried. We did like a one of those weird, um, what was it, like drive in shows? Did you go to one of any of those? I've, so, I, watched, on...
2: I actually watched the live stream because I was like, I don't even want to go to that, but I'll watch the video of it.
4: You're on stage and you're. Performing your heart out to cars, uh, and then when you stop, they all honk, and it was still so much better than anything else that was going on. So I, I like took it, but you'd le you left the night, and you were like, that was not really what I like to do.
3: <laughs> that is not the same thing.
4: <laughs> yeah, me and my wife went and saw a stand up comedy show like that too, just because you're like desperate to see something, and you pull into this drive in thing, the comedian's telling jokes, and when you think it's funny, you're like honk 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 honk. I'm sorry, this is terrible. <laughs>
2: You're you're gonna start your tour in February. Andygrammar.com for all the the dates. But like, people that are going are thinking, well, we're excited to get out there. But it sounds like you're even more excited to finally be able to play for people.
4: Yeah, you know, there was there was some silver linings to it. Like, it got to kind of like, from my specific pers- perspective, there was I had to like filter out like, okay, I can't do this thing that I love. Is that ego? Is it that I like need the ego boost? Um, and there's some of that. Right. Like the, the not doing it for almost two years helps you parse out, like, oh, this is the shitty ego part of you that you, you need to keep in check. And then there's just this other side. It's like, no, no, this is like, per- this is like a little bit of what I feel I was created for my purpose. There's like sincere sweetness in like, no, I just love to do this. Um, and it's, it's been really hard to not be able to do that. So to get to go play for everybody, we're, we're, we're creating the whole. You know, we're creating the set backdrops and figuring out arrangements and we're starting to put it all together. I have so much music coming um, in the next little bit here. I'm, I'm on fire. I can't wait.
2: Awesome.
4: So
3: exciting.
2: So exciting. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention throughout the day, um, but Lease on Life is top 15 on iTunes right now. Ayo. And it continues to climb uh, top 10. I'm sure by the time people are hearing this. So go stream Thank it, you. go buy it. But also your yes. new single, Damn It Feels Good to Be Me which if you haven't seen the video, holy crap, it, it is not you <laughs> with two people. It is like no. party. Super party. And yeah, that so was really fun. I'm glad people got to hear Lisa on life, but I also want to make sure all the bachelor, bachelorette, bachelorette people listening to this right now, uh, check out damn it feels good to be me because, um, that's the song I've been living with for the last few months. And yeah, man, this is the, the, that the energy was, that we need.
4: Oh, it's so fun. Like I, like I was saying, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people just not being able to do what they identified as for this whole time, and that that has been really difficult, and kind of puts it back onto you yourself. Of like, well, who am I if I'm not this thing that I've created? And I don't think that I think that goes for everybody, not just like musicians or it's like, oh, I, I had identified myself as this, and I'm not that. And if there's a hole there in your heart, then you got some self love, self work to do, and uh, that's kind of I felt that sincerely. And started writing songs about it, and this is one of the ones that came up from that. So I hope that people listen to "Damn, It Feels Good to Be Me" and just know that they're awesome no matter what for two and a half minutes. And I hope it helps them.
2: I feel that way right now, and it just yeah. doesn't happen often. So I mean, listen, <laughs> we're in a, we're in a good spot. Let's just put it that way. Um, listen, you're in Hawaii. You've got to go do Hawaiian things, so you do that. Yes. I appreciate you hanging out with us talking about. Uh, the bachelorette. And yeah, you heard you. it here first, Michelle, Rick, you get married and you have Andy grammar at your wedding. Let's do it. Let's do it. Amen. <laughs> thank you guys. So then after we get away from the dates, we had our one-on-one, we had our one-on-one, we had our group date. Now we go to the cocktail party and everyone's feeling good. Nate is talking about how, Hey, Michelle talks about being upset, but I think we're good now. Everything's great. Not so fast, says Chris S.
3: We don't want to have a nice smooth night.
2: We have a patented <clears throat> chaos card. <laughs> and Chris S is the one possessing it. All friggin' hell breaks loose.
3: Which I I mean, Chris S, like, who? Like, who are you? <laughs> um, but yeah, he he just Decided to address everyone that, like, it was his place um, to announce, you know, I wasn't at the cocktail party the other night, but I know she addressed that she felt like she wasn't being seen. And I think that there are guys here who think that they have it in the bag.
2: Yeah. Okay, Chris. First I of think all, you
3: should give time to other people who are here for you, who are showing you the effort that you
2: deserve. That's the line. Right there, like by the you? way. <laughs> there's there's so much in there that I hate. But that line, that second half of...
3: I think that you should give time to other people who are here for you, who are showing you the effort you
2: deserve. So much in here makes me want to just throw him out the front door. First of all, creepily walking up to her, not just handing her a drink, but then like hanging next to her like he's the host. Yeah. Of, oh, great. Like, and,
3: we, have, we have something we want to announce
2: oh blah and if i wish she would have just stopped him right there and said um yeah i'm gonna walk you out yeah. this is this is this is what all are you set
3: doing?
2: um and then for him to tell her what she should be doing that's s- <laughs> thank you another <laughs> that's red flag red flag red flag red flag and i understand she's in the moment and you don't want to Seem like you're flying off the handle because everyone is going to judge you more, and I understand that. But Jesus, I would have kicked that dude in places that he would still be feeling. Um, but instead, she says, Oh, well, thank you, thanks for saying that. And I just want everyone to know no one has it in the bag. By yeah, the way, that was the best. Much like Jamie, this was all a creation of Chris's mind because no one said they had it in the bag i understand what nate was saying that's
3: what i was going to say like this you just went through the same exact thing as jamie and it ended horribly for jamie so why are you doing the same exact thing unless you don't want to be there anymore and you just want to be remembered
2: exactly unless he's just trying to punch his ticket for paradise because he realizes i'm probably not going to get a rose anyways um and decides to make up this line that people have it in the bag Nate was just saying, I think we have a good relationship, and I believe we will have one on one time again. That's mm-hmm. all he was saying. I don't think he was saying what so many people over the years have sort of gotten in trouble for saying is I'm in the top four, or I think I'm one of the front runners, or whatever the code words you're not supposed to use. He yeah. didn't say that. I didn't it might not have been the best thing to say because it does come across sounding a little cocky. But I think he was just being honest. He, I feel comfortable in our relationship. And so does she, by the way. That's why she was
1: mm-hmm. upset
2: that, you know, about not being seen and him not going out of his way to, to make time for them. Right. She she felt that more with him because she feels like they have something. So Chris just is jamieing this all up and unfortunately just destroys the rest of the night. Because then the rest of the night, that's all this is about.
3: Yeah. Well then she brandon says oh can i steal her away Mm -hmm. first and she's like yeah and chris is like well actually i'm going to and then i was and then um michelle was like well actually brandon asked first but let me steal you for a second i was like no
2: thank you i i how could i have forgotten that
3: don't give him that satisfaction no
2: the third time that he deserved to get thrown out the door because how many, how many times do you need him to say anything that you're like, yeah, that, that seems sort of creepy? Maybe that's yeah. not someone I want around me right now. Um, but then also to validate him first, validate drink, validate yeah. him by yes, Brandon did ask, but I'll let you take me off to the side for a minute, even though they spend a little more than that, and let him spin his wheat, you know, wheel a little bit more. Yeah. And then eventually to give him a rose, like you're just basically encouraging the dude to at this point i can only imagine what he's going to do next week because why not like oh it worked i got to stick yep. around now i want to make it to the top 10 so she was she was doing
3: so well too just getting rid of you know cutting the bad guys out right away and not this time
2: you know nate goes to to talk to her and tries to explain his side and she is very clear like you shouldn't feel like you have it in the bag. And Nate wants to scream, not at her, but at Chris, like immediately. Is like, yeah. you can see he's just like, wants to spend time with Michelle, but is like, oh, I can't wait till this is over because I am going to rip this little man, a yep. new one. And just immediately, what a perfect camera shot of oh, yeah. Chris is sitting there, Nate pointing at the dude, like, mm hmm, right there. Yeah, you walk, yeah, walks him down, brings him over. And I think that's the first time I really noticed just how tiny Chris is. Yeah. Um, and that explains. Like,
3: I don't. I didn't think Nate was that tall or Chris was that short. I'm not sure.
2: I think this explains a lot because I think we've all seen little man syndrome. Um, you know, that, that angry dude in the bar who needs to be louder than everybody else. Because, you know, and there's nothing wrong. Listen, nothing wrong with however tall you are. Fine. But you don't yeah. need to be a jackass because of it. One way or the other. You don't need to be the tall dude that needs to push everyone around. You don't need to be the little dude that thinks they can push everyone around. Yep. And that's all Chris was doing. He was out there running around, trying to act like a tough guy, making up this Jamie type story. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, the fact that Nate was just having a conversation and Chris was like, are you going to put hands on me? Yeah. Dude.
3: He's like, no. <laughs> like,
2: are you kidding me? I would first of all, we're having a conversation and I'm allowed to move my hands. Yeah. Second of all, please. I I would break you in half. I like, would
3: destroy
2: you. I mean, you are like the perfect example of a, you know, a fake tough guy who yeah. you know likes to run his mouth, run his mouth. And then the second anyone wants to call you on it, you're like, hold me back, bro. Oh, wait, there's no yeah. one here to hold me back. Um if I wasn't standing behind this chair yeah. holding me back from you, we would have words, you. Yeah. <laughs> and just, ugh. And, you know, I don't know. Nate came up with dweeb, uh-huh. and it fits the bill. But, like, there are so many other words that – Such an old-fashioned word. <laughs> well, for an old-fashioned type dweeb, I think, uh, I, I think Chris S. and I – should continue to include the s there because i don't want to uh disparage chris g even though uh you know he's no longer with the show um and he also doesn't deserve to drop the initial now now we just have to call him chris oh there's so much wrong with with this last like 20 minutes of the show because not only is chris just i mean clayton we don't get a lot of him and god knows how he's gonna get where he's gonna go but we, we get a little bit of Clayton. The best line is he's a snake. The S stands for snake. Mm-hmm. Perfectly put. That's all this dude is. He realizes that he has no chance, and he just wants to create as much chaos as possible.
3: He wants to be known. He wants those endorsements.
2: He just, he wants to make sure he gets on Paradise and that everyone hates him there, but he's there to show that I'm not really that bad of a guy, even yeah. though we all know he is. Oh, we need to get rid of him. He needs to be gone. I'm yeah. hopeful that we get that next week because uh maybe this was the first producer's pick but we're, we get down in the rose ceremony all the way to the end he pulls it out he gets the rose the only that's the only fit thing i can figure is this is the last time and they're like just give us this one right? yeah <laughs> you, know. you got rid
3: of two bad guys last week like you, you got to keep someone here
2: got to give us something
3: yeah
2: and I thought, you know, Will got the jacket. Romeo seemed to, you know, they really seemed to have a um, some decent chemistry. Chris G seemed like an okay guy, but we never really got to see much of him. Yeah. But Romeo and Will sort of surprised me to, t- to keep Chris S over Will specifically, who you just had a good time with, um, and then and Romeo. Yeah, that I was, was surprised a little with
3: Will just because of everything that you know happened last week um, with you know, the confrontations and everything, but, and the jacket and, um, yeah. I mean, (sighs) I think, I don't know if that was fully a Michelle decision.
2: (laughs) And then there were 11 and Michelle had a major announcement after she gave out all the roses and you could tell they told her like, no, you're going to build it up. So, like, you're, sounds like you're leaving the show. Yeah. So, you're going to say, I'm no longer going to be here in Palm Springs. <laughs> but it clearly didn't land because the guys, you know, clearly that their awareness level isn't high, anyways. But the guys were very confused. They're so like, okay. Well, if that was
3: the case, like, why would you just go, to, why would you just do a row ceremony <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're leaving the show?
2: <laughs> and exactly. So, instead, she says, you know, we're hitting the road and it's like oh my god this is so great finally this show is traveling again all the exotic places that this show has ever been i can't wait this is going to be so amazing we're going to minneapolis
3: (laughs) whoa i mean joe's excited joe gets to go home
2: (laughs) joe's probably thinking do i get to sleep my own bed this is incredible (laughs) but um for everyone else who if you know anything about the show, you know, pre-COVID, you get to go to all these great places and are like, you're taking us to Minnesota? Yeah.
3: It's kind of crazy. It's it's kind of interesting when they do, like, the hometown city when you still have so many people left. Like, I think it's just such an important thing to do if you do hometowns, you know, with whatever, two or three guys left. Um, but when you do it in the middle of, in the middle of the season i feel like you could experience something really cool in your hometown with someone who doesn't make it past that week
2: they might not make yourself top 10
3: yeah but also it could be good because you can actually you can really see what it's going to be how they're going to fit in your life um but i i always think it's weird when it's not like top four
2: yeah it's bizarre it's bizarre. So we're gonna see all that Minnesota, which is basically Canada, has to offer. Next week, uh, we apparently also get to continue this Chris versus Nate situation. Oh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Where Chris says the perfect line, "I feel like I got the short of the stick." Well, listen.
3: You yeah, did. <laughs> you yeah, did.
2: Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll get to that drama. Was there anything other than Little Chris that we need to talk about in Bachelor Nation?
3: Um, not too much. Um, Caitlin announced that she's join- joining the Dancing with the Stars live tour. Oh, cool! Um, so she will be touring. Um, I- I'm pretty sure dancing. Like, I'm. I don't think it's um like a MC type. I think it is. It is a dancing gig. Um, so that should be exciting. And um, the New York City Marathon was this past weekend and there were a lot of bachelor faces that ran it uh tasia and zach matt james um tyler c they all ran together well not together but they all ran the marathon (laughs) (laughs) they all stayed they all held hands and ran together that Um, was incredible and then matt james has a book coming out in may because of course you need a book
2: it's the thing to do
3: Um, And that's really it for week.
2: Well, congratulations to everyone that ran the New York City Marathon Um, because I'm contractually to mention it, uh, contractually obligated to mention it. Uh, I ran a marathon, (laughs) one. You actually can't not mention it when a marathon is brought up. Um, And it was one of the most accurate. Oh, totally. It's, you know, it's like if you go to Ivy League school, you have to mention it at every moment. I think
3: you did. De- you deserve to mention it though. That's and
2: amazing. so I, I did it once and it was the most, one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, and don't know if I'll ever put myself through that pain again, but I was watching the stories of obviously thousands of people, but specifically the, the bachelor folks that, that ran it. And, um, Tayshia leading up to it with people like basically seeing her when she's picking up her packet, like they were seeing like the biggest superstar and it was just so cool because she was excited to be running they were excited to be running with like you said not holding hands but with her and um it was just it's such a great event and so congratulations to all that completed it without um dying basically because that's how i felt for the last 3 miles of of mine was just like yes. a
3: call. somebody
2: somebody pull me across the finish line because it it was awful, but then amazing. So I had to, again, it's in the contract. I'm sorry. It's not my fault guys. It's you got to plug it. It's there. It's when you run the marathon, you have to sign the paper and
3: marathon runner.
2: Oh yeah. I look like it. Um, anyways, uh, we'll get back to the, the, the little Chris drama next week and, um, at bachelor podcast and all socials, Katie, thank you for the insight as always. Thank you. Thank you to Andy grammar for joining us and we'll see you guys next week.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance.